0: I'm Jessica, and this is Homecoming, finding yourself in life's little moments. Hi, dear listener, I'm sitting here on a bench under a vast sycamore tree with its mottled bark and beautiful broad green leaves in the Sydney Botanical Gardens and from where I'm sitting I can glimpse the waters of Sydney Harbor I can see the yellow and green fairies plying those waters back and forth you'll hear people walking by traffic perhaps in the distance. It's my first podcast from this particular location but here I am on this lovely comfortable bench under this vast sycamore tree which reminds me of a very special sycamore tree equally as vast and tall that still exists at the front of my piano teacher's house in Dobbs Ferry, New York and that sycamore tree for ten years when I was studying piano with her her name is Mrs. Marilyn Sophus from the time I was eight till I was eighteen and I would walk as I got a little bit older I'd walk from school to have my piano lessons with her, and that sycamore tree was the first thing on her property that I glimpsed as I rounded the bend and headed down her street to her house, which was a kind of Tudor-style house with brown shingles and white-yellow stucco and leaded glass windows a bit like the ones in my own childhood home so this podcast is an interesting podcast dear listener and you'll please forgive me if I'm a little teary at certain points um, I value sharing these things with you and appreciate your listening ear um, the name of this podcast is Help Street, and you'll learn the reason why as I go on. But for the past week or so, my life has been pretty fraught. It's been fraught with a kind of anxiety that I haven't experienced in some time due to a very particular situation which has to do with my apartment and the person who owns my apartment, I rent my apartment from this person, and I am being um, subjected, I am experiencing um, some very difficult things in the context of this situation with this person, who usually lives overseas, but is back in this country for a period of time. So... I don't know if you know anything about astrology, but my sun sign is Cancer. And Cancer has a lot to do with the primacy of the home, the significance and um, importance, the feeling, the value of the home. And home has always played a central role in my life Uh, from as long as i can remember the feeling of being home being at home has been something that's been enormously important to me and like a kind of center you know of my existence even from a very young age so that continues to be the case and you know frankly um it's been a challenge really for some time because when I left my marriage, which was almost four years ago, we'll be heading up to four years in April of 2020, over the course of the successive say 24 months, two years, I moved 13 times and that was a sort of odyssey you know I would I wouldn't really wish on most people (laughs) I don't know if I'd wish it on anybody really Um, particularly if you happen to be somebody who loves the stability and sanctity and the feeling of sanctity of of your home so um, I've really uh, you know longed for stability and I kind of feel like in some paradoxical way I've actually created it to the greatest extent that uh, that I've accomplished up to this point I I live in this place and it's a beautiful location and I have these beautiful children who come to study music with me so there's a kind of completeness to life now all of the elements are in place except For this person, (laughs) whom I have to say is just simply unreasonable, you know, unreasonable. And, you know, the thing about it, dear listener, is I'm sort of feeling like I'm kind of at the end of that period of time in my life where I'm having to deal with unreasonable people, you know, because it's interesting when someone's like that, when a person is unreasonable... What does that mean? It means that you can't reason with them. So that puts you in a difficult situation, you know, because no matter how much you may try to reason with them, it's almost as if there are two people in the situation who are speaking a completely different language from each other. And as my mother used to say, you know, you could stand on your head and spit chiclets. <laughs> it wouldn't make a bit of difference, you know. So, what do I do? I pray to God. I pray to God. Because I think for the first time, I've been praying to God for a very long time, and I've had a lot of reason to do that, you know. And uh, I have been blessed enormously. But I'm kind of at this point where... I'm so fraught with anxiety. You know, what's anxiety? Anxiety is chronic fear, right? It's kind of low-level chronic fear. But it grips you in your chest, you know. It grips me in my chest. And I feel sometimes so sort of overwhelmed by it that um, there's a sort of reactivity, you know. Out of it, uh, I realize that I'm seeing things differently in those states of consciousness that state of anxiety than when I'm kind of settled and calm you know so it's interesting you see our perspectives our perception mode of perception can change our perceptions can change depending upon what our um, emotional state you know conscious state of consciousness is so yes that's what I've been dealing with Um, And sometimes that anxiety is just Acute, you know, acute Like where I've got to just Stop myself And breathe And just allow myself to breathe To breathe, just breathe Just breathe, you know, just breathe So over this past week It's been a kind of You know, challenging time Very challenging time Um, Alongside that We have had successive days of heavy, smoky haze blanketing Sydney, including where I live. Smoky haze, right, bushfires, a lot of them. The conditions of drought in this state and in other places in the country are so severe one of my little students told me, she said she went to visit some relatives out in the country. And she said what they had to do when they took showers is they had to take showers and um, save the water to put on the garden. So the water from the showers was collected and then used again, you know, to water the garden. Um, so um there's some sort of music out the back on the on some boat if it gets too bad i'll start walking hopefully it won't hopefully it'll go away you see we can hope these things we can kind of ground ourselves in our hearts in some deep internal space and just pray maybe we'll be relieved you know of the things that irk us (laughs) So, um, yeah, so but it's been really bad. It's been bad for a lot of people. and um, that was the case, you know, I was uh, suffering from the smoke and couldn't go out some days and was always wearing a mask when I was going out, and the air was just thick with this smoke. It was amazing because at, at you know, at sunset, the sun was some very strange. You know, uh, it was a strange orange-red-pink because the light of the sun was being filtered through this haze. Now, in some situations, that color would be quite glorious and unusually um, beautiful. But there was an eerie quality to it because when the sun sets, there should be a sort of you know, there should be these rays that emanate out from the sun and in all directions and and just, you know, beautiful, radiant kind of light. But the sun was contained, the light of the sun was contained by the intensity of the blanket of smoke and haze, so that it was a perfectly round, pink, red, orange orb. It wasn't really emanating out the glorious rays that we identify, you know, with sunshine. It was just this orb. Similarly, the moon had a sort of pinkish, strange orange pinkish hue. Um, It's weird when you see things like this and you just know something's not right, you know. So that was the weather this past week, the weather this past week, and um, in and amidst that, I had to go to an appointment. I had to go to a gum specialist. Gum specialists are called periodontists. And his office was about an hour by bus from where I lived, right? And I brought lunch, and I brought water, and I was wearing a mask. And I figured to myself, well, I'm going to get on this bus and it's actually going to be a bit of relief for two reasons. The bus will be air-conditioned And so the air in the bus will be filtered and not so smoky and i'll be getting away from my uh you know my apartment and the difficulties that i'm experiencing so i was in some weird way kind of looking forward a little to this um to this appointment it was kind of in a strange way relief now dear, listen, I have to tell you something. I've been in situations before, more than one might think, you know, where going to the dentist and having my teeth prodded or drilled or God knows whatever else has been a welcomed relief from the situations that I've been in. Lying there, having somebody who's qualified attend to my, you know, teeth has been a kind of respite from the toils, troubles, snares and everything, you know, that uh, that I've been through on, you know, and have experienced in certain situations. So this was a little bit like that. You know, this was a little bit like that. I the gorgeous office, the guy had all sorts of um, diplomas on his wall. He was trained in London, clearly qualified, highly recommended to me by the dentist that I found, who was similarly qualified. And uh, he was funny. He was funny. And I thought, oh, my God, this is nice. You know, he was funny. and um, And the prognosis was better than what I had expected, and that was a wonderful thing. Now, but I have to say to back up a little bit, though, that as I was walking from the bus stop to his office, which was a distance of just two or three blocks, I got off the bus and I felt so fraught with anxiety that there was nothing more or less that I could do except to pray for help. To pray to God for help, please help me dear God, please help me i don't know how to deal with this i don't know how i'm going to deal with this i want to you know please relieve me please god please help me just please help me so as i was walking from the bus and i am backtracking a little bit i want to tell you this first before i go into the the gum guy the specialist because um, that was in some ways n- not the most important aspect of this but it was the reason why i went you know to this um to this place. I um, I was walking, and I'm actually going to start to walk right now because I have to get away from this music. You know, dear listener, back when I was in high school, when I was in college, listen, I mean, maybe it's just me, but the music was really good. You know, I mean, we had people doing incredibly inventive things musically. I'll always remember slow dancing you know in high school to led zeppelin's stairway from heaven now that's like that that piece of music that song is a uh it's like a suite you know it's 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 a unfolding story told in evocative words and music that develops over the whole course of that incredible whatever it is five six minutes you know And what's happening now is just so unlike that you know at least in terms of kind of the mainstream popular music uh, world um so anyhow that's just a bit of a gripe it's a personal gripe i have a little gripe because i guess you know i kind of know how music is made a little bit and i feel unfortunately that something's going on with the music i don't know anyhow so but i was walking from the bus i was walking from the bus and i you know i started to i started to just feel overwhelmed i began to cry and i just said i just started to pray you know i said dear god you know please help me please help me please help me and mind you as i explained the atmosphere the 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 um The uh, air, you know, had been thick with haze, thick with smoke. I was wearing my mask. Um, I was, you know, I was walking. I was endeavoring to breathe uh, in some way, given everything. And I was praying to God. I was wearing my mask, walking in this haze, and praying to God, please help me. And something extraordinary happened as that was, you know, as I was doing that, the wind began to blow. Not just breeze-like. I mean a gale. It was gale force, okay? The palm trees were blowing, you know, their fronds, their leaves were almost horizontal you know and um, and the wind just was so intense my hat almost blew off and I uh, I looked up and the sky above me turned from grey white grey off white you know smoky haze The sky above me became blue. It was as if that wind blew away the smoke, the haze. Okay, it blew away the smoke. And I looked up and it was the clearest blue I had seen in an entire week with that sky. And I kept praying. I sort of, you know, clutched my hat so it wouldn't blow away. I took my mask off because suddenly the air was clear. I mean, we're talking in a matter of minutes, this change. And I walk, I'm walking, I figured out how to go to this doctor's. It was the first time I visited his office. And um, I look up, I look up, dear listener, and the street sign of the road that I was approaching was called Help Street. Help Street. Now, in my entire life, I can't ever recall encountering a street called Help Street. But that is what was there as I approached the intersection. And not, was, not only was there one street sign, you know, that said that, there were two And they were positioned um, in a way where it was like the two of them were sort of facing in the same, kind of in the same direction. I don't know how to describe this. They weren't really positioned so that one faced, you know, at, at 90 degrees to each other, which is sometimes what you'll see, right, with street signs. They were both, they were sort of at 45 degrees... And they were both facing me and so there were these two street signs and they both said helps help street help street and i thought oh my gosh oh my gosh again i've never i've never encountered a street called help street but the air the wind the blue sky it was as if I was entering another dimension and you know I love film I watch a lot of film and I love cinematography and I love photography and I'm aware the way that cinematographers and 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 directors use light and use color for effect And I was interestingly, you know, kind of coincidentally talking to a friend of mine about a movie called The Piano, which was back in the 90s. Jane Campion was filmed in New Zealand, and it was about a woman who was a pianist, okay, and mute, also interestingly. And the use of color and environment in that film is really interesting because she enters into an arranged marriage with a man who ends up being quite brutal to her. But she falls in love with someone who is like her soulmate, absolutely gorgeous and loving and devoted. And the house and environment that she lives in with this man who is her husband, arranged marriage, is monochrome, the the whole environment is filmed in a way where it's very monochromatic, you know, it's like and they're f- burnt out burnt, you know, sort of tree stumps and so on and uh, and she finds her way to this other man's house and it's as if the environment and the colors and the richness of the place you know, with the beautiful native plants and trees, greenery. It's the very opposite. And that's where she eventually finds love. So, you know, I just want to take this moment, dear listener, to, uh, if you wouldn't mind, you know, you know, they used to do things called station identification back when I was growing up, when the network TVs were kind of the only TV there was and I just want to do a little something called sort of a station identification which is that I want to send out a wish to a man who was special to me who just celebrated a birthday and that man in that film, you see kind of reminds me of what this man is like, you know beautiful, solid muscular strong good 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 devoted good so this is a little birthday wish sent across the miles to this person he knows who he is and that's what I want to say so that's my little I wanted to just put that in there at this moment so there I was crossing the intersection of railroad street and help Street as I was praying to God, please help me, dear God, please help me. And I found my way to the to the uh periodontist. And I thought to myself as I sat there in the nice waiting room, it was a very beautiful office, like I said, very clean. I thought I thought to myself, how does someone, you know, <laughs> how does someone decide that they're gonna become a gum specialist? I mean don't you wonder these things sometimes? Like, how do these doctors sort of decide that they're going to go into the specialty that they go into, which could be fairly esoteric, some part of the human body, you know? How does someone become interested in just a particular part of the human body? And here I was sort of musing to myself, wondering, well, you know, how does someone decide to become a gum specialist, you know? (laughs) But uh, he was very nice, and he was very pleasant and funny. And um, you don't call doctors here by their, you don't say doctor so-and-so. You call them usually by their first names, unlike in the States. But it's hard for me to get used to that. So anyway, he would keep correcting me and say, no, 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 no. Just call me by my first name, you know. So anyhow, it was just a sweet kind of interchange. And he gave me a good prognosis, a good diagnosis, you know, I don't have to have surgery, that was a blessing, you know, I just have to have a procedure to kind of deal with, you know, what happens, you know, with cars, I love cars, there's also this friend of mine I was just mentioning, he loves cars too, I love cars, and, um, you know when a car gets to be like 60,000 miles right 100,000 miles it goes in for these major services so I'm sort of going in for my like you know major service having come through several major decades and and here I am you know I'm going in for service to uh you know deal with basic issues that just I think come from the fact that you know you've lived a certain amount of time on earth and and that's what you've got you know, you got these things. So anyhow, he seemed really good and um uh, and I didn't have to have surgery, I didn't have to look at all all the other stuff, you know. He just said, you know, you know, you have this procedure, it'll work well and this is how you, you know, kind of help the situation yourself, so that was really good. I'm sorry about the noise. I hope this isn't gonna be disturbing in the background. But um I'm kind of managing to keep my head above the noise right now as I'm talking to you. So hopefully it'll be okay for you too. Uh, And so, yeah, so that was great. And then I left. And when I left, the sky was still blue. The wind was still blowing, okay, and the atmosphere was still clear. And I didn't need my mask. I could just walk. And I walked, I felt lighter, I felt happier, and I passed Help Street again, kind of marveling. It's even hard to remember the name of it in a weird way. I was talking to this other friend of mine, Daniel, whom I've mentioned to you as somebody who has been a great support as I've gone through a lot of, a lot of tough stuff. He said, "What was the name of that again? You know, it's weird. It's like almost there's something ephemeral about about it in some weird way, and uh, like like you can't quite believe it. Like your logical mind can't quite believe the name of it, and and so Help Street, Help Street, Help Street. I think there are lots of Hope Streets, you know, lots of other kinds of streets like that, um, but I've never seen Help Street." And there it was, as I was praying to God, I continued. So then I walked back towards the bus stop, and I happened to spot up on the second floor of a beautiful, there was lots of beautiful sort of glass and steel, beautiful office buildings. It's a really nice part of town. Um, It's all sort of a center around the railroad station there. And there are lots of eater, eateries, eateries, and uh, professional offices, dentist's office, periodontist's office, other medical offices. You know, lots of that kind of thing. But um, I saw this little kind of um, shop on the second floor, and uh, it was called per- your personal personal audio center. Personal audio center. I thought oh, that's interesting. It looked like what they sold. Mostly were headphones, audio headphones. Now, dear listener, I happen to come from a family of audiophiles. What's an audiophile? Also, musicians, you know, and I'm a musician. What's an audiophile? Somebody who loves, for whatever reason, loves good sound. My mom was like that. My dad was like that. I grew up with these incredible stereo systems, you know, in the house etc 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 i had beautiful piano when i was growing up a steinway i love good sound i was born into it i was born into good sound but here i am you know having come to australia with a 100 pounds of luggage moving here two years ago and i listen from my computer on a 37 dollars <laughs> Thing stereo system, you know, little speakers and a little subwoofer, um, that I bought from the equivalent of Staples. People in the states would know what Staples is. You know, a big sort of stationary and office, like Office Works, office supply store. And I listened, and it's not bad sound, you know. But I knew, I knew there were things I was missing that I didn't even remember what I was missing. So I saw this personal audio center store and I decided, you know, I'm gonna go up there. And I went up and it was beautiful. The worlds were lined with headphones and I recognized all the brands, you know, Sennheiser, Stax, Bear Dynamic, you know I was raised by audiophiles. You know, people who love mu you know, who love good music, good sound. I know about good sound. I know about equipment. I know what tube amps are. You know, I know about a lot of these things. I mean, that's just the way it is. I love it. You know, I love cars. I love these. I mean, that's just, that's how I was raised. So, but I'd never seen here a shop like this. So I, you know, I I went up the stairs, I went in, nobody else was in the shop, just a little person, a man, you know, quite slight in stature, just quietly doing his work at his desk. And um, he greeted me, and I said, You know, I've come from the United States. I moved here two years ago. I miss good sound, and I'm delighted to see your shop. And I said, Would it be okay if I listened to, you know, some headphones? I said, I had a good pair of Sennheiser headphones back in the States. They're actually given to me as a present. And um, they're in storage back in the States, kind of waiting to be shipped over at some point uh, with all the rest of my stuff. But I haven't heard good sound in a really, you know, in a long time. And he said, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you want to listen to? And I said, well, maybe I'll start with the headphones that I've, I had, you know. I'll start with what's familiar to me. So there were amps for the headphones and then iPads so you could go and search on you know, the various streaming services and YouTube, so, you know, Spotify, everything, and listen in these really good amps, you know, through these really good amps, these headphones, and, and hear, test different ones. So um, I listened. I actually... I listened actually to some music of my own because I was curious, how is my music sounding to people? I hadn't had an opportunity to hear my piano music, which is available on, <laughs> this sounds like an advertisement, I'm not really intending this to be an advertisement, but um, it's available on all the streaming services, And uh, but I wanted to hear what it sounded like, you know, through some good headphones. So I listened on the on the Sennheiser headphones and you know it sounded it sounded good but I wanted but then I turned to the I turned to the uh the owner of the store and I said you know could I what do you recommend like what if money wasn't particularly an issue you know what would be sort of really a big step up from these and he said well you know Sennheiser puts out these this company puts out um quite beautiful headphones that are about two thousand dollars and i said and they're open back okay so that means that they're not closed that makes a difference to the quality of the sound anyway whether you're not you're interested in this it, it just it does so um i said can i hear those can i listen to those can i listen to this music so he um he said absolutely so he brought them out they were actually kept behind the Behind the, uh, the desk, you know, he didn't have them out because they were really pretty valuable. So, um, I put them on, plugged them in, put them on, and listened to some of my music, you know. And, dear listener, that was an experience. That was an experience. The sound, the notes, the phrases, the melodies, the notes were crystalline, crystalline. They had a luminosity that I had never heard before, because frankly I hadn't listened through such fine audio reproduction, you know, speakers, headphones. And I turned to this gentleman, very, very nice person, nobody else in the store, and I said, oh my gosh, I said, what you're doing here is so important. You are giving life to the finest qualities, these beautiful qualities. We've lost touch with this kind of subtlety. I said, when I'm listening through these headphones, it's like what comes to me is that this is what heaven sounds like. This is what heaven sounds. Sounds like And he agreed He agreed He said, yeah, I know I know I know So I was transported, you know I was transported And That was, in a sense The next experience on this little journey That I was making In the process of going to visit The periodontist Praying to God for help and having the smog lifted, my ears opened and this beautiful sound coming in, restoring me, it was restoring me, it was restoring me. That's what that sound did. That's what listening through those headphones did for me, listening to the notes that i played the space between the notes and then the sound itself luminous and glowing and beautiful like it hovered there in space and I was in some other realm it was like being in heaven so I went on my way and crossed the street and went into a um, sort of a place where there were a lot of little restaurants in a kind of open arcade type of environment, indoors, but very spacious. And most of these restaurants were Asian, Chinese, Malaysian, um, because there were lots and lots of Asian businesses in this area, I think, and uh, so, but when I walked in, I immediately felt that I was not in this kind of interior space in part of Sydney. I felt that I had been transported into, in, and was in the airport. It reminded me so much Of being at the airport that I looked out through this wall of windows and could almost feel the airplanes out there on the tarmac as sort of strange as that might sound. It was as if I was at the airport and that was significant because I made a very important trip this past summer that changed my life and the feeling of being at the airport, and I was at several in the process of traveling to and from. I went back to the States. Um, was a feeling of a kind of freedom, dear listener, that was uh, hard to describe. I felt like I likewise was being restored to myself you know that was the that was the whole result kind of almost unintended or unanticipated result of that trip was that I was restored to myself and there I was in this sort of arcade I don't know how to describe it indoor sort of mall kind of space but beautifully done you know beautifully lighted all sorts of little restaurants. Um, I felt like I was walking in the airport. And it was such a powerful experience of restoration and reclamation of myself. Imagining, almost being able to almost see airplanes out through that window that I couldn't leave. I did get something to eat. But I just walked around in that space I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave. And finally, it felt as if, you know, I'd kind of come to a certain kind of closure in that way and kind of being there. And the last thing that I saw, sort of as I was going out towards the doors, the huge double glass doors that opened back out into the street, a block from Help Street, was this big LED screen picture, you know, moving. And it was an image, kind of Asian in style, of butterflies. It was light blue and dark blue and white. Those were the predominant hues, colors. And the butterflies were making this wonderful sort of ascent. They would like sort of hover up. And then kind of float and then come down and hover up and float and come down. And it was the very sense of freedom. Nothing was impeding those butterflies, you know. And there they were, having come from chrysalises. (laughs) I didn't even really think about it at that point. Um, But it was uh, true. Having transformed into you know, butterflies, free and um, I finally made my way back to the bus got on the bus the bus made its way the hour trip, hour long trip back to where I live and as I progressively you know, we progressively approached got closer to where I lived the sky became closed in again with haze, and smog, and fog, and smoke. Everything became somewhat monochromatic, like in that movie that I was describing before. And I began to feel the sense of anxiety and panic set in. And it was like I was returning to something you know that I had been relieved of in some magical way mysteriously relieved of like I'd gone into some other dimension some other kind of time, place you know, dimension and um, was back you know in the old and the familiar In what I'd left, the difficulties. There are movies, you know, there are various movies that have been made. There was a movie called A Brief Vacation. There are various movies that have been made that I think capture this sort of experience. But boy, did I have it that day, that afternoon. There's a jet going overhead now. I'm actually standing now under a huge fig tree. They're called Moreton Bay figs. They're some of the hugest trees on the face of the planet. And they can grow root systems as fast as two or three acres in width. And it's amazing. So this, who knows how old this tree is that I'm standing under. But I bet, you know, I got back to... Uh to the location to where I live and I was walking from the bus, decided to go to the post office and um, to get my mail. And I was so wrought, overwrought, wrought with anxiety that I did something that I cannot remember having done before because I'm really fastidious about my stuff, you know. I'm not the kind of person who loses stuff. You know, some people just lose stuff. You know, they seem to lose stuff somewhat readily. I actually don't lose stuff, thanks be to God. You know, I just, you know, it would drive me nuts. I I don't tend to lose, I tend to be aware of where things are, you know, my personal belongings, items. But um, I went to visit the post office. I put my key in the box, you know, opened the box, took out. What I look, one of the things I look forward to, which is the Princeton Alumni Weekly magazine, and uh, another letter. Put it in my bag and then walked off and went and sat by the ocean, kind of just contemplating, starting to really, you know, the anxiety growing. And then looked in my bag because I wanted to actually take my key out before I approached my home so that I could easily get in without any hesitation. It's a horrible thing to admit, you know, when you're afraid. It really sucks. I'm just going to be frank about it. It really sucks to be afraid. It really sucks. It really does, you know. But there I was sitting by the ocean and looked in my bag. No keys. No keys? I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do, what am I going to do, I couldn't find them, I, I, I looked frantically through everything, I actually had two bags, I looked frantically through everything, nope, not there, not there, I looked again, not there, I looked in my coat pocket, not there, not there, not in any of the pockets, you know, sub pockets of my bags, nothing, nope, nothing, I thought, oh no. So I thought maybe I left them in the post box So I ran back You know as fast as I could I went back to the post box Post box was closed No keys in it I looked all around I looked outside I remember I put my bag down at one point I looked there No keys, no keys, no keys, no keys I thought oh my god What do I do? What do I do? So I called the locksmith, who's helped me. It was like 7:30 at night. I said, "I've lost my keys," and uh, he said, "All right, I'll come out." So he came out about an hour later and let me in. And I thought to myself, "You know, I'm a mess. <laughs> I'm a mess." You know, sometimes you just, you can't deny these things, you know. It's just, you go, oh my gosh, I can't deny this. I'm a mess. I'm anxiety ridden, you know. I'm not thinking straight. I lost my keys, etc. And he said to me, listen, call the post office in the morning because it's possible someone put, you know, just saw them there. My, that was my only thought is that they must have been still in the little post office box. He said, just call them in the morning, so I called them in the morning, and um, I actually went in, I actually went in in person, I said, you know, can you check and see, did someone put keys in my post office box? They went and looked, nothing, nothing, nothing to be found. I said, Okay. You know, I went from having 7 keys to having just one, which was the one the locksmith gave me and that was the one for my front door and that was it, you know, that was it, that's all I had. Keys are a sort of interesting metaphor, dear listener, you know, keys represent your life, right? And um I went from having a whole bunch of keys to having just this one and having lost you know, the means to lock other things or unlock other things, right? So when you start to think about keys and what they really mean, it's interesting. Um, there are people in the world who don't have any keys. You know, they don't have any keys. It's just an interesting thing, right? My friend Daniel, you know, he said to me, I said, I, he said, I, you know, my life is just so interesting. I don't have any keys right now. <laughs> He's traveling, you know, but it's an interesting thing when you don't have any keys. Or maybe you just have one key when you used to have lots of other keys. So, I hadn't thought about this before, but I sure started to think about it when I lost those keys. Post office didn't have them, I thought, okay. And I was beside myself, you know. See, this is what happens when you're anxiety-ridden, As you become beside yourself. You lose stuff. You can't keep things straight, you know. You can't keep your mind straight. You can't keep things straight. And um, it's tough position to be in, you know. So what did I do again? I just started to pray. I just started to pray to God. Please help me. 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 You know. And as I did that, I started to feel a little bit better. I started to feel a little bit relaxed. I actually went into church. There's a beautiful Catholic church here. And uh, sorry about the noise. I think it happens when this boat turns around. I don't know what it is, but it's got awful music. Anyway, I'm just going to say it straight out. But anyhow, um, yeah. so uh, I just prayed, I went to church, I prayed, I just prayed, I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and you know, I stood in front of um, a beautiful statue of Mary, I have a very strong devotion to Mary through the woman who helped raise me when I was young, who was Catholic. I mean, I was born into a secular Jewish family, so it's kind of a curious thing, and I'll do a podcast about that at some point. My book explains it in Duet with God. But, uh, you know, I stood in front of this statue, and I was looking at her. She's beautiful, right? Straight, poised, a perfect expression of, um, of grace, of ease, easefulness. And the thing about it, which you will see, in images of Mary and uh, statues and so on is that her foot, her little delicate foot <coughs> Excuse me, is placed on the serpent she's standing there just as poised and graceful and beautiful as can be and her foot has quelled the serpent, its head is sticking out It's rendered impotent, it's rendered ineffective, it's rendered powerless, and Mary is just herself. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is what I'm praying about too. That perfection of stillness and the disempowering of evil. I'll say it straight, it's evil, you know, the disempowering of evil the disempowerment of evil. I really believe in a way, dear listener, that this world is um, increasingly dependent upon that very thing, the disempowerment, the disempowering of evil. And Mary does it, you know. In those images, that's what's being depicted, is that uh, the serpent, the evil... Is uh, rendered powerless. That's it. Head stuck out from her, you know, kind of her toes, her her little foot, and it's there. She's just standing. Can't move. That's it. Done. Finished. Gone. You know. Done. So, I was there in church for a bit, and um, felt better. You know, I write in my diary. I pray to God and write and write and write and write. I write and write and write and see what comes out. You know, I feel my guidance. Guidance comes to me that way from God, from the angels who protect me, from the spirits that protect me because they're there. And uh, I went and had some lunch, and I walked around a bit, and then my phone rang. And um, it was the post office. And they said... They said, uh, someone brought in your keys. Someone brought in your keys. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So, yeah, someone had brought in my keys, and they knew that they were my keys, or they knew to call me because I had come in before and asked if someone had turned, you know, they'd found them, if they'd been placed in my post office box or whatever. But they called me, and that's, that's how I got them back. I'd almost, surprisingly, I swear to myself, I'd almost gotten used to not having them. It's just interesting, you know, how life changes and you somehow find yourself, interestingly, you know, sort of adapting to things that you couldn't imagine, adapting to just a few minutes before and there, you go you know, over time you just go, oh, you start to feel easeful and at peace. I have to tell you, dear listener, that um, the situation is not resolved yet and uh, the thing that I have which I'm clinging to is my prayer to, to God and the insights and guidance and um, intuitions that come to me in the process of doing that because I enter into another dimension dear listener I enter, enter into the neighborhood the realm of help street when I do that I enter into the realm of help street that realm, that neighborhood, that place where the sky is blue and the wind has blown all the smoke and the haze and the smog away and the air is clear And the sound is glorious. And you can walk and see the butterflies, you know. You can walk and see the butterflies. When you pray, that's what I'm realizing starts to happen. And I'm holding on to that for dear life because I have to tell you that I don't know how this situation is going to resolve, you know. I don't feel like I can... Do it myself, you know I don't feel like there's anything that I can do That's going to uh, You know, that's not I don't think that's the source of the Of the solution That's become clear to me So that's what I do I pray and, you know, I'm sure that You know All of us Can think of situations that have been You know, human life is not easy Is it really? Where we come into situations that we just or find ourselves without the ability to resolve. And it's like you come to a certain, not dead end, but you come to a place where you just go, what, what am I going to do? You know, what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. And uh, you pray, you know, I just, all I can do is pray. And so this podcast, in a sense, is an expression of that prayer expression of what I've discovered you know, more and more but certainly I feel like I'm clinging to it because that's really what I've got at this moment, that's really all I've got that's really the main thing that I've got, you know to do, and uh, I'm up against it, you know I'm up against it I'm up against that that, that serpent and, um, and my prayer to God like Mary standing there and um The guidance that comes from my prayer, you know, which is increasingly, uh, you know, I'm I'm hanging on to it like a buoy in the ocean. That's the fact. So, I wish you you just enormous peace and ease and health and happiness. I wish you the realms of Help Street. I wish you the realms that I discovered that afternoon in prayer asking you know asking for help I, I was shown something I wish for you and for myself and for my own situation but for anything you might be experiencing um, the joys and the lightness and the restoration the personal healing and reclamation that can come and the clues forward that can come from Help Street. So with that, dear listener, thanks so much for being there. I wish you the very, very best now and always. God bless you now and always. And I wish that dear person that I mentioned earlier a happy birthday and many, 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 many happy returns. Okay, God bless you. Take good care, everyone. Bye for now. Bye for now. Bye.